Hey, My Mom's Basement listeners, you can find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube, and Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Hello, and welcome to My Mom's Basement, presented by 3 Chi and Barstool Sports, and a very special Mandalorian recap and review edition of My Mom's Basement, or should I say Mandor recap Whoa. and review. See what I did there? It's a little mix, Clem. So, okay. I put in the notes, I said, we got a fucking episode of Andor halfway through, and I was like, I, I hope so everyone else agrees with this here. Uh, yeah, Mandor. All right, Bob Fox, let's fucking go. Basement's that's, fucking hey, good. Hey, early, we're telling the people that's the hashtag for this week. Like the video, subscribe, leave a review on the podcast feed, do all that stuff to keep the basement lights on. Well, I shouldn't say that because I think Conor McGregor just made sure that we're keeping the basement lights on for at least the next year. Uh, Bob Fox has made a deal that will ensure the Empire is <laughs> their noses out of our business for a while here because Bob Fox flew all the way to Las Vegas on Monday morning, right before a Nor'easter, all the way back to New York during a Nor'easter to interview Conor McGregor. And then Conor McGregor was in town the next night, literally yeah. three blocks from the office. <laughs> <laughs> so this was crazy. We haven't really talked about this on the podcast, I don't think, on at least my mom's basement. We've talked about it on Spin and Backfist, our MMA show on the YouTube channel. But this podcast is brought to you by 3Chi. Of all the things in life, of all the things in the galaxy, one of the best has to be getting high wherever you want, whenever you want, without the paranoia of consuming some sketchy black market stuff. What's the best way to do that? With 3Chi, of course. 3G has the highest quality cannabis products from their delicious Delta 9 edibles and their industry-leading Delta 8 products, which they basically started that industry. Not only industry-leading, but they started the damn industry, to their new line of Delta 9 O-Vapes and everything in between. These Delta 9 O-Vapes are absolutely amazing. They give you such a smooth buzz. I mean, when you buy 3G, you know you're getting the highest quality and that purity, the taste, the craveability, potent buzz every time. Because all of these products are formulated by a biochemist and made in the USA with USA grown hemp. It's the purest stuff. It's the best stuff. It's the most delicious stuff. The edibles as well. The cereal bar treats, the cookies, the brownies, the root beer taffies, the Delta 8 balls candy. They have so many delicious products on their menu. I mean, I've been telling you guys about the black raspberry gummies for years now. 3Chi is the best in the biz. My mom's basement listeners will get an exclusive 15% off discount on all of 3Chi's premium THC products by going to 3Chi.com and using the promo code BASEMENT15 to take 15% off your order. So BASEMENT15, all caps. You must be 21 or older to purchase. Please use this stuff responsibly. It will make you high. It will make you fail a drug test. So please make sure that that is all figured out before you get into it. But if that's no concern, go to 3Chi.com, use that promo code BASEMENT15, and get 15% off your order now. If you're not familiar, I did an interview with Dana White recently where Dana was just kind of like casually mentioning, oh, yeah, if you want, you could come out to Las Vegas, interview Connor, watch a couple Ultimate Fighter fights. You know you're invited. I was like, no, I didn't know I was invited, Dana. What are you talking about? If I knew I was invited, I'd be trying to make that happen. So I said, let's make this happen. They told us March 13th, plan for that. Pencil it in as the tentative date that we might be able to get you Conor McGregor. So I'm like, holy shit, right after Disney, I'm on a heater right now. We do rough and rowdy, right to the Disney boys, right to a Conor McGregor interview. That would be amazing. And then I stop hearing updates about March 13th. And I start hearing, hey, he's going to be in town maybe next week, and maybe he'll be in the States next week. Maybe next month he, he'll do a media tour or something like that. 
And I'm like, all right, I guess it's not going to happen on March 13th anymore. Then on March 12th, the, the day before, 11 a.m., I got a text. If you could make it to Las Vegas tomorrow, we'll get you Connor for 10 to 15 minutes. So I'm like, okay, here we go. It's happening. Game time. I text Blatman at Barstool. I'm like, I need a cameraman for tomorrow in Las Vegas. Shout out to John Foley. He was the one to step up and be like, hell yeah, I'll go to Vegas on one day notice. Fly there and back in one day. He's, he had never seen Vegas either. He said that as we landed. He's like, I, I'm excited. I've never seen Vegas. And I was like, well, I'm sorry to tell you, you're not going to really get to see Vegas because we got to go to the UFC Apex and just wait around for Connor now. So we flew out 8 a.m., like you said, landed in Vegas because of the time difference at 11 a.m. And we just waited around all day. We watched some fights. I got to see like the Ultimate Fighter semifinals, which I can't talk about, obviously, because that won't air for months. Okay. Some good fights. And the coolest part was the Ultimate Fighter with how the show is structured. Team Conor McGregor is a couple fighters, and then Team Chandler is a couple fighters, and they coach their guys. So just getting to see Conor McGregor sitting, you know, sitting 10 feet away from him as he's screaming instructions to his fighters was very cool. It's like, holy shit, it's a different side of Conor that you don't get to see, a different side of fights that you don't get to see in the empty UFC apex. And eventually, after the fights were over, they said, all right. Connor's going to come out in a few minutes. I said, cool. I got it. got ready. I got myself hyped up. I was memorizing all my questions. Right. And then they said, actually, it's going to be about 45 minutes to an hour. And I said, Oh shit. Okay. Well we might miss our flight, but I'll stick around if it means, you know, getting this interview right as I settle into, all right, let me calm down. It's going to be another hour. They come over and they're like, all right, all right, get the camera on. It's happening now. He's walking over. So we're like, oh, my God, this guy's keeping us on our toes. We do the interview, which is now on the YouTube channel. You could check it out. It was number seven, number six. Now it's, I think, number eight on YouTube trending as of this recording, which is insane that if you looked at the YouTube trending you know, list, my mom's basement had a video in the top <laughs> ten. I loved all the media outlets as well, quoting my interview and stuff. Connor said this in my mom's basement. I loved that. <laughs> Just seeing that all over the place. I think it went about as well as it could have gone. He had me doing shots of proper 12. I was drinking his stout, which I called a beer in the interview. I was getting some <laughs> shit for that. I, I don't know what the difference between a beer and a stout, guys. I didn't know you can't just call a stout a beer. I've always like, thought it was a beer. Guinness is a stout, right? And I can yeah. say I'm having a beer. Like I'll have a Guinness. So you, yeah, I feel man, like if people say what's your favorite, stout. what's your favorite beer? Some people say Guinness, right? Yeah, I, I would think so. And I guess there's different kinds of Guinness. Uh, beer hardos, all hardos, the worst. Bob, let me just say from this side, from the Barstool fans, from the Barstool viewers, absolutely thrilled. It was uh, I was tickle pink. Tickling someone my size to become pink is tar- tough to do, but I always love when like someone at Barstool gets their white whale, you know, when uh, the, the foreplay guys with Tiger, right? And then you have Big Cat, like with like Chris Berman. I mean, they have like seven white whales or 100 white whales. They've got them all. But to see you with Connor, man, as the... <laughs> Like four years after that little kid was perched outside in New York courtroom with his signs and to see you going all the way to Vegas to do it, it was fucking awesome. And, and they all mentioned that to me. Like they, really? all the team members, his manager, they they all came over to me. They were like, we feel like we watched you grow up from the courthouse to now. Like, look at you now. You're doing this interview so professional. You got a beautiful girlfriend, beautiful family. I was like, I felt like I was in The Godfather, like a mafia movie. I thought they were going to grab me by my cheeks and be like, we love you, kid. We love you, yeah. boy. It was great. It, it was awesome. And pretty much what you saw. Uh, in the video, it's a 15 minute long video was the whole interaction. Some people were saying like, did you get to hang out with Connor afterwards? Not really. He had to go film interviews and like stuff for talking head stuff for the ultimate fighter or whatever. 
I'm almost glad that I didn't have any time with him afterwards because I was drunk. I was just he had me do one <laughs> shot and one sip of uh, stout. But it was a bit one. It was a big sip. And two, I hadn't had <laughs> I hadn't had anything in my stomach all day from 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. Vegas time. So it was, you know, even later, Eastern Standard Time, whatever. I had nothing in my stomach. So I was just stumbling out of that interview like I nailed it. I, I definitely <laughs> killed it with Connor. But then, like you said, the next day watching the New York Rangers game, Connor McGregor's in the fucking crowd. He's down the street from the office. I was like <laughs> 11 hours of flights, nine hours of waiting around. Why didn't we just do it the next day while he was down the block from the office? Oh, God, he would have had him in the office, too. I mean, or like just interview him in like a fucking MSG side room like whatever it was just one of those things but it is peak barstool right it's like taking yeah. the flight doing the journey spending the money on the tickets and then having them a block away it's just lol barstool it just is what it is Made it for was a good awesome. story i guess yeah again Flying like out you to said, vegas for a day to get drunk with connor you took seven flights in 10 days or something like that like that yeah. is an outrageous fucking number and it's why a guy's like you know bob fox deserves to have something like this happen to him it's through hard hard work pure luck and absolute like ridiculousness the kid at that courtroom got like lit the fuse the fucking guy who would be, take all those flights got it done and then in the end it's just uh it's bob fox and my mom's basement like again those at the end of the year when they're looking at the views for the podcast and everything it's like my mom's basement i mean if we could close a million on that i'd be very fucking grateful and it's like yeah, look at those boys just, just and it's like Oh, what what are they doing here? It's like oh, they talk about nerd stuff. Don't worry about it. It's like oh yeah, there's a Conor McGregor interview. No, 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 and they talk nerd stuff. Let's let's build around these guys. Let's build around this brand. So uh, and I don't know if anyone's ever loved the name of this podcast more than Conor McGregor. Can we just put that out there? How many my mom's basement jokes did he make in that interview? Three or four? He ended up like yeah, stick it on the PS Five. He put his American accent on and everything. I need to make that a sound bite. Like Joe Rogan opens his podcast with the Joe Rogan pod train by day, Joe Rogan podcast by night. Like all of the, I mean KFC with the Francesa, the old one. Yep, we're gonna need to clip that. You know, when in Vegas, when in your mom's basement, something (laughs) like that, because that is an all-time quote. So, listen, if you're watching for the Mandalorian recap, we're gonna get to that. I promise. I just had to recap that big life moment for me getting that Conor McGregor interview. And hey, I even said Star Wars in the interview. I brought up Star Wars (laughs) and Batman in the interview. Tried to get him to bite on it. He didn't really bite on it. But hey, I tried for all the nerds out there. And that's all we could ask for, Bob. That's all we could ask for. As you're wearing your uh, Star Wars jacket from uh, Star Wars Land when the Disney Boys, which for anyone that didn't see, behind the scenes of the Disney's Boys uh, released uh, on Friday. So you can watch that video as well. We also did the Mandalorian recap afterwards. And we got kind of I'm, – I'm getting people who don't even – like follow any of the star Wars stuff. They just loved hearing the behind the scenes of how everything went down, um, getting texts about it. So it was a lot of fun. So it's big times in the basement right now, baby, huge times in the basement. And also one more thing to mention, we announced oceans calling. We're playing oceans calling once again, September 30th, I believe is the actual date. Pup punk will be in ocean city, Maryland. The date we're on is absurd. We're we're the same font size as the gin blossoms, which I was like, oh my God, that's insane. John Mayer's headlining our day. Alanis Morissette is a headliner the day before with Jack Johnson. There's so many good bands. OAR, Weezer. Look at the lineup. By the time this comes out, I think the pre-sale will be almost over. So you got to get your tickets fast because this is going to sell out. Before we get into the Mandalorian recap, let's tell the people about Game Time as well. This is the exclusive ticketing partner of Barstool Sports created by fans for fans. Game Time is the ticketing app that makes it easier than ever to score last-minute deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows, and they guarantee 
the lowest price. They've cracked the code on how to score deals on last-minute tickets. I just went to a concert last night, Mod Sun at Irving Plaza. I actually saw tickets were going for pretty high prices on the resale market, but not on game time. Game time was the only price that was actually like pretty affordable, pretty good deal for you. I love game time. I've used it before for concerts. Everything is just easier with them because it just takes two taps, 10 seconds. Once you buy your tickets, they're delivered directly to your phone. So you don't need to print them out. You don't need to go to uh, Staples or whatever. You could text them to your friends so you get into the game easily as well or the show, whatever you're going to see, and skip the hassle, enjoy the moment, download the Game Time app or go to the website, enter your email, and redeem code MMB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. We love Game Time. It is the best in the biz, and it's the easiest ticketing app to use. So make sure you use that if you're looking to see Blink, Paramore, Taylor Swift, any of the big tours this summer. Yeah, or, you know, the guys I saw, they just uh, hit the first four for the NCAA tournament out there in Ohio. Do the same kind of thing. This is March. we got baseball season coming up. Edwin Diaz may not be pitching, but you can still go to the Mets games and have yourselves a hell of a time thanks to game time. We love. All right, now let's finally get into The Mandalorian. Chapter 19, The Convert. This was a really cool episode. Now, because of my crazy, hectic weekend, I didn't get to watch it till 2 in the morning last night. I also went to a concert last night, as I mentioned, the Mod Sun concert. And on the way back from New York, I got stuck in the Lincoln Tunnel for two hours, two hours. So I was just like jonesing to watch The Mandalorian. As soon as I got back, I turned it on. And I got to admit, I really, really liked this episode of The Mandalorian. I don't know if I loved it. I, I have mixed feelings about it because so much of what they showed in the world building and what the galaxy is like post return of the Jedi is exactly what I've been asking for. And mm-hmm. I loved the way that that was dealt with at the same time, the Mandalorian is a show that does eight episode seasons and in a show with eight episode seasons, it felt like we almost got like a Mandalorian episode stripped away because they spent so much time with Dr. Pershing and his story. I know we got Mandalorian in the beginning and the end bookended the episode. I think this episode would have just benefited from a little more Bo-Katan Mandalorian uh, check-ins, even on their way to the Mandalorian covert. Do you feel the same way? Yeah. So I, there was, um, it was a very divisive episode. I think just based on what I saw on social media, some people who absolutely loved it, right. For all the reasons you mentioned, but also a lot of people who were like, I'm here for Mando. I'm not here for all the other nonsense, which is fine too. And again, I am so over trying to get people to see, like, agree with me. I do not give a fuck. I hate the World Baseball Classic because my team always gets a guy hurt there. And it's not just Edwin Diaz, JJ Poots back in 2009, Seth Lugo in 2017. I just don't like it. I don't give a fuck. But, and it's like t- today, it was like 2020 all over again. My timeline would just fill with just people fighting each other. I don't care. So if, like, you love this episode, hate this episode, whatever. It is what it is. I liked it. Um, I feel, and this this could be completely wrong. I feel like this is like they took the stuff from this season and they threw it in the book of Boba Fett because they knew that one sucked. So then they're like, all right, well, now we have room in the Mandalorian because we just threw a bunch of Mandalorian shit in book of Boba Fett. Like, let's throw some Andorish kind of stuff in here. We could kind of build the world. What this did more than anything, though, whether you like the episode, dislike the episode based on the layout, is I think it kind of just showed you 
that they can do a good job building the Star Wars world. Because I they did not do that in the um, sequel trilogy to everybody. I think there's a lot of people yeah. that didn't like it. And I think that's what these TV shows can do. Kind of like you you said with the the Marvel shows on Disney Plus, these can be kind of little like side books. And they're gonna what they're gonna do through all this is I do think they are going to make the sequel trilogies better by explaining a lot of the stuff some people didn't like. So that's the kind of stuff I get excited about. Um, and again, we have a we have a fucking hell of a Mandalorian episode that was I think pretty fucking fun. Like, yeah, I don't think anyone disliked the Mandalorian parts of the episode, right? That no, was that was awesome. I mean, the dogfight that opens it is insane. Yeah. I do think, to your point, as someone that loves the sequel trilogy more than most people, this episode of The Mandalorian did a better job explaining what the post-Return of the Jedi world and galaxy is like than any of those movies, like than all three of those movies combined, really. Yeah. Like, just getting to see the, literally, the converts and all of the stuff where it's like the people that are, were working for the Empire are now being converted and working for the New Republic. The people are that are higher up in the galaxy, the uppity assholes in the galaxy, are like, oh, we can't tell the difference between the Empire, Rebels, New Republic. We get them all confused. Just showing more and more of like, yeah, even though we won the war, the New Republic, it was not put together in the right way it was put together what, what's the quote on, on a house, house of paper cards it's a it's a paper cards paper cards it's a house of cards house of cards it's house, house of cards, cards. Why, yeah, all cards, cards are paper why did i put paper in there <laughs> paper know. tiger it's been a, I think it's, it's been paper a tiger. a lot of things going on bob fox is on vegas time still has his heart in disney and uh almost died on a trip <laughs> back from west virginia <laughs> honestly i still do have my heart in disney i just rewatched that video of us flying the falcon Every time that I'm feeling a little overwhelmed or stressed or something, I see those torpedoes hit the coaxium, fall off the train, all of us going crazy. And I'm like, times were good when we were on the Falcon. I said that last night. So I, I've been rewatching the uh, original trilogy with the kids and the Millennium Falcons. I'm like, I flew the fucking Falcon, man. That was just awesome. And she was like, oh, we have that Christmas ornament because I, I have a Millennium Falcon Christmas ornament. And I'm just like, girl, wait till you see that thing in the flesh. <laughs> it's yeah. fucking awesome, man. So this episode picks up right where we left off last week, which I liked, right in the caves. And Bo is asking Mando about what he saw down there. She's like, what did you see? Like, anything alive down there? And he's like, no, nothing alive. I didn't believe the water was that deep, though. Which then, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Last week, me and Clem sat here and said, listen, all the people that said he just fell in. Come on, guys. You don't fall 50 feet deep. He obviously got pulled by the mythosaur. Are we to believe that Mando just stepped into the deep end, did not look down in his fucking helmet that he could only see this much out of, right? Yep. Maybe that's an issue, Mandalorians. And he just fell 50 feet, and he was just going to die? Like, if Bo-Katan wasn't there, he was just going to... What What was wrong with this guy? Do they not teach them how to swim? Like, I don't understand what happened there. Like, they, they fucking... We saw they get baptized when they get their hat on. Do After they get baptized, do they fucking... Like be like, all right, now this is the breaststroke. This is how you tread water. He sunk <laughs> like Stephen Shay. It was fucking embarrassing. And this is supposed to be my hero, my Mandalorian. He's the goddamn whole show is named after him. And the guy is like going to get killed by a fucking like lake that's eight feet deep. It's embarrassing. Also, Bo-Katan used her jetpack underwater. Jetpack. Why'd he take his off before he went in? What's this dope doing? This guy, he's going to get himself killed. We love him. Listen, he's our guy. But we're just looking out for him. You're going to get yourself killed then. 
I'm just so mad. Like, this is remember when I, I I forgot this take. I don't know if it was season one or season two when I was like, I'm taking the away the name the Mandalorian from him. He doesn't get to have that name. Like, if you yeah. almost die drowning and being like, Well, I didn't know it was that deep, it's like, dude, if you don't know how to swim, just give me something else here, Mando. And the jetpack, the jetpack was cool. I, I whenever they use the jetpack, I forget it's an option. And someone's like, How do they use the jetpack? Do they have like a thing in their hands? And I'm like, I don't know. I've never thought about that before. It's a great question to ask. So I have to go Maybe back it is and watch. in their hand. Yeah. yeah. I, I could see it being like a hand trigger thing or even just like a, a Neuralink. Like uh, I know Django wears that like thing across his head under the helmet. Maybe it's just like he thinks it. And that that, that was my way of like making it all good for my head cannon. So, oh, he just thinks it. Don't worry. Yeah. Also, I love Bo had no time for his religious bullshit. It's like, did you get your shit done? Are you fucking <laughs> you clean in the waters of Lake Minnetonka? Are you fucking pure now? All right. You're a virgin. He takes a little vile. <laughs> yes. As soon as I saw that, I thought of Jeff D. Lowe taking a – he took a water bottle from Splash Mountain and put it on eBay. That's psychopath. <laughs> oh, the, the Jeff Disney Lowe stories. Like, we have, might have to do a podcast of just, just Jeff Disney yeah. Lowe because they're incredible. Uh, are we throwing Bo on the sus list for not mentioning the Mythosaur? That – like, what are we doing here? Why is she not mentioning it? Is she doesn't want to admit that the religious fanatics might have a little bit of a point here? Is there another reason? Is she setting someone up? I'm a little I know, is she on keeping Bo? it for herself? Is she saying, like, she thought she was the chosen one before? Does she think now, like, like I saw the Mythosaur, I was, cho- I'm the one, like, the, the Matrix, you know? Like, I don't know. But I, I do think if if the sus meter is just a, a level, we're definitely off the off the floor. And I'm trying to be like Team Bo just to balance out the podcast a little bit as the as you're an anti-Bo guy. you're giving you're giving me nothing here bo Uh, i i'm working with nothing here this was a pretty neutral episode for me with bo i feel like i didn't uh gain any more trust than i had last week for her because i mean she saved the guy's life last week she didn't do anything that crazy this week i didn't hate her anymore from this episode either though i'm pretty much the same level i was last week Mm -hmm. with her that's fair maybe a little maybe i like her a little bit more because i i felt some sympathy for her in this episode the bo bob dynamic is very interesting (laughs) right now uh so grogu senses a disturbance in the force on the ship and i didn't realize this right away i was like is he trying to say this is the way but then you realize it's like a dog sensing a storm coming because they get attacked by a bunch of tie interceptors noted not tie fighters mando says these are a lot tougher than TIE fighters, TIE interceptors. Mando winds up jumping out of the ship once they get to the surface of a planet, or not the surface, once they get into the atmosphere of uh, Kalevala. And just a total cool, badass way it was shot where he jumps out, the TIE interceptors fly right past him. He hits the jetpack to get to the N1, and then they start taking him out like a tag team. It's like the Dudley boys hitting the 3D. She's setting picks. She's leading these TIE interceptors to Mando. He's hitting them with torpedoes, hitting the zero gravity, fall straight down. I saw some of that, and I was like, oh, my God. Thinking back to Disney, my motion sickness, I was like, I don't think I could be on the N1 Starfighter. But just an awesome dogfight. This is everything we want out of Star Wars dogfights. And really put a shine on the N1 as Mando's Batmobile almost at this (laughs) point. Like, it is an awesome Ferrari-like cruiser where the Razor Crest was more of a Millennium Falcon hunk of junk that we love. I, I, I could have probably said this last episode. I am so much more on the N1 than I was the Razor Crest. Razor Crest, Crest had a sweet name. This should almost be yeah. the Razor Crest. It fucking is like a razor. It's sleek. It should be sharp. Razor Crest 2. Yes. Yes. Exactly. 
we've already lost one ship with a two. I guess we could replace it now with this too, right? <laughs> I, I I was actually looking um on Fortnite. I was thinking, I'm like, I gotta get rid of Boba Fett ship. The fact that they changed the name of it, and I, I I'm not even gonna go into like I'm like, that's the real name of the ship, goddammit. It just feels weird when it says Star Cruise. I just don't like it. I need I want to buy the Millennium Falcon. So if anyone at Fortnite can somehow gift me a Millennium Falcon, I still play Fortnite with my kids, believe it or not. Anyway, they make the Mando sound whenever they like show the N1. That is fucking sweet. That's awesome. Dope. Uh I love that he's like going down and he again, I think he uses the jetpack for like a hot second. I loved how he did that. And he still fell though. And then those fucking tie interceptors as a guy who has few fucking did a few tours of duty in the uh, galaxy far far away and the x-wing x-wing versus tie fighter all those kind of games man i fucking tie interceptors are so fucking cool they made sure to be like oh these things aren't little bitch ass tie fighters these things are a problem tie vehicles still get it moving man when we saw them in uh star wars land just fucking just just so awesome just so cool i love the sounds they make and did you notice this too before right before uh Right before they show up, the tie interceptors, they say, this is the way. And then baby Yoda goes, bah, bah, bah. He coos a little yeah. bit. And I'm saying, is he saying this is the way? Or is he saying, motherfuckers, there's some ties coming our way because he senses the forts. I'm trying to figure out which one is which. I think it's the second one. I thought it was the first one initially. But as soon as mm-hmm. he said, it, I thought, but then when they got attacked, I was like, oh, no, that's got to be a, a, a disturbance in the force. Yep. Yep. So that's... uh we're on the same page there. I like that we were both the Star Wars brains are cooking right now. And I love the way that this dogfight ends when we realize this was all for a castle bombing. Like they sent some fucking Thai bombers into Bo Katan's castle and then plenty more ships attack. We see on Mando's UAV just a horde of TIE fighters coming. He's like, We gotta get out of here. And she says, That seems like way too many ships for an Imperial warlord. So who is this? Is it Moff Gideon escaped from his war tribunal, whatever the fuck that means? Is it (laughs) Grand Admiral Thrawn, who we'll see in Ahsoka later on? Are they going to start teasing Ahsoka and Mando, connect it to Ahsoka, or teasing Thrawn and Mando, connect it to Ahsoka? Who knows? But they say we got to get out of here to somewhere where they'll never find us. And the title card. And then we see Coruscant. And I'm like, oh, my God, Mando and Bo-Katan and Coruscant episode. Not quite, but still very cool to see Coruscant. Uh, Sienna was kind of like just watching from like the kitchen as I was doing it. And she's like, that was a long introduction. I'm like, yeah, like I was completely blown away. I was like, oh, I forgot we do the Mandalorian song. I didn't know if I had skipped it or what had happened. Uh, the fucking maneuver Bo does where she like stops it, chip like spolds in half fucking r5 just starts flowing that was so fucking sweet and by the way r5 telling you right now i've had about enough of this fucking pussy he is a goddamn (laughs) fucking like he's such a scaredy cat i'm calling him i'm not calling him r5 i'm calling him l7 weenie the droids is square benny the guy is such a fucking weenie so he's l7 from here on out i am not calling him r5 d4 that's a sandlot joke for people don't get it uh bo katan when she calls him mud scuffers is that like a butt stuff kind of thing? Like but like mud scuffers? Are we talking like she goes, all oh, these mud scuffers? That's not a PG line she's throwing at these guys. Assholes, like, do you think? Yes, yeah. Like could be an asshole kind of thing, right? So I feel like there's uh 
there's something deeper about mud. Like when people bomb your fucking castle, you're, you call them mud scuffers. That has to be like a really bad rated R word. And then I was with you. I wrote fuck yes, Coruscant. I thought we were getting them in Coruscant. I'm like, we're going to go to this super populated city. They'll never find us there. So I was very thrown off with that at first. But then we got the fucking Andor, the, the Andor part of the Mandor episode. And I think the first shot they showed of Coruscant, just the kind of skyline panning shot, someone pointed out is the exact shot from Revenge of the Sith. It looks like they just took the CGI file and changed really? the lighting on it. Yeah, which I think is funny because that's something that only the most diehard Star Wars fans are going to see. And even them, how do you care about that? It's a two-second shot just showing an establishing city, establishing shot of the city. So we see Dr. Pershing. He's giving a TED Talk type speech in, I believe, the exact theater where the whole Darth Plagueis the Wise speech went down. And he's talking about organ cloning, how he now works for the New Republic, how he's ashamed of what he did for the Empire. But he believed what he was doing was for the greater good. And he said that his kind of origin story was because organ cloning could have prevented his mother's death. She had a heart condition. He's like, if we had organ cloning on our planet, we easily could have prevented this. So I went into that to try to help families in my life. He was working on combining the best aspects of individuals DNA and putting them together, not just like cloning, but combining and cloning. He shouted out the uh, Kaminoans. I don't know how to say that. Like, the people from Camino, he shouted them out because yes, of their work with cloning. Kaminoans? Oh, I think I, I think I nailed it. Kaminoans. People from Camino, Bob. I'm because I'm not even going to venture <laughs> there, so we're going to say that together. We'll join that. I don't say the emperor's name anymore. I've gotten roasted about that enough. We're just going to say the people from Camino. You nailed yeah, it. Papaltine, <laughs> you say. So he goes out. He talks to those uppity assholes that I mentioned before, and they say, "Oh yeah, I almost got drafted by the New Republican." The wife was like, oh, no, that was the Empire. He's like, I can't tell the fucking difference. And he goes back to the amnesty housing for converts, and he recognizes one of the people from Gideon's ship. And this person, by the way, I don't want to tease anything. Well, I'm going to tease something right now. We got an offer to interview this person, and I said yes, and I haven't heard anything back in like the two weeks since. But uh, I think her name is Elia Kane. That's the name of the, the girl in this possible my mom's basement guest in the future so don't say Eli- that about her Clem. <laughs> Aliyah Kane Aliyah Kane yes. is um is who she is and uh Bob you said don't say anything bad about her is that what you just said because you might be yeah. interviewing her down the road yeah <sighs> well Bob <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you a little thing about Aliyah Kane we already said bad stuff about her She's seen a warrior princess from Ant-Man Quantumania. Oh, it's the same actress. <laughs> we, I, I went on like oh. a slight rant and I'm pretty sure like the, I think the TikTok did pretty well too. Um, yeah. Oh, Twitter. yeah. <laughs> and let me tell you about those people. Light man. In my mind, I called her Xena. I do not give a flying f- about these people. I don't want to see these people on my screen again. And by screen, I mean movie screen, TV screen during Disney Plus. I don't even want to see him as a f- ad on my phone i do not give a f- about them or their little quantum world they lived in i'm sure it's important to them i did not give a f- about any of them uh, actually mind reader guy was cool i liked him <laughs> so maybe that's why you haven't heard realize that I, I thought you were talking about previous season i was like yeah we didn't like her in the previous season because she worked for the empire fuck moff gideon down at the empire no no you're right about that we'll just well listen she didn't listen to that no way this we'll is just not pretend the pod- that one didn't happen yeah hit her exactly. with the uh, jedi mantric this is not the podcast host that said that <laughs> everyone listening to this everyone watching this you keep your mouth shut 
We want that interview. It'd be fun. And hey, she, you know, it was the her character's writing in that. She I like this character a lot more than that character. I will say yeah, that. Yeah, she, she I, was fantastic in this episode. And I don't, did I, I'm trying to think if I even hated the character. I just hated, without giving away any MSF, <laughs> I just hated that whole vibe. I didn't like that crew of people. I thought they should have gotten, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stop with the uh, Hey, I'm going to change the subject real quick. And I'm going to say, speaking of Ant-Man, tomorrow in the basement, Friday, I have an interview with David Desmalchin, a.k.a. Holes from Ant-Man, and he's also one of Scott's friends in the first two. He's also Polka Dot Man. He's also in The Dark Knight. You've seen him in so much stuff. He's a superhero legend, basically, and a pretty inspiring interview, to be honest. He talks about his struggles with addiction, the way he overcame that. So look out for David Desmalchin in the basement tomorrow, as well as Trish fucking Stratus. Buried the lead, Bob. Fucking Bob got Trish Stratus. Yeah, got Trish Stratus. For the basement, Disney World, Conor McGregor, Trish Stratus, Polka Dot Man. So, I mean, it would behoove this lady, this very nice person, to come on My Mom's Basic because it's the hottest podcast at Barstool. Some people are saying those two people are the hosts that are saying no one else is probably saying yeah. that. But I'll, I'll, I'll go to fucking war with them. It was great to see Ken Jack back, which Dr. Ken yep. Jack, that's exactly who this guy is. And <laughs> what was it? The, the Lights Camera Barstool Reddit said yes. it was great seeing the, their two favorite podcast hosts, which is both um, Aliyah and uh, Ken Jack, the doctor. So it was very funny seeing that. I think we're all thinking this is going to lead to Snoke. It also gives these uh, Imperial guys like kind of a backstory. So it's like, you know, the, the guys who died on the Death Star and the people that died and all these things, it wasn't just all like pure evil. A lot of these people had good intentions in their heart or they had they or they didn't know what they were doing or realize how bad it was. And it, I just thought it was pretty cool. And to be honest with you, the fancy Coruscant fucks, the like rich fucking bougie motherfuckers, like those guys are probably worse than anyone else. Like, fuck them. Yeah. I hated those people. I was hoping that we get like blow up the Coruscant on the spot. I would have been fine with it. I hated those fucking that group of people. And then the embassy housing, it took me back to like the first week of college when you don't know anybody. And it's just like and like they reach out and like, hey man, come have a drink with us. And there's nothing better when it's just like, oh, thank God, like I have someone here I can actually hang out with. I remember when I was in college, the people who like instantly became like friends with everyone else were the smokers because everyone would just smoke cigarettes. And I'm like, man, I might have to start smoking just to like meet people. And I'm just sitting in my room. You know, you're friends with your roommates and other than that. But it was it gave me those fucking feelings back that I would not wish on anybody, man. So, again, this kind of shit where it's like they're they're kind of trying to recoup the uh, the imperial people and try to like make them, you know, on the rebellion side or just kind of make them functioning members of society again. I fucking love that, man. I thought that was so awesome. That was a very cool world building thing that they had there. Absolutely. And just seeing the everyday life of these people as well as they're sitting at the table and talking about what they miss from the before times and Pershing is immediately like, no, no, I don't like the empire. And they're like, chill the fuck out, dude. We're all saying we don't like the empire. We're asking what kind of snacks you liked from the empire. It's like, well, I like those yellow biscuits. Those were really good. He's also immediately thrown off when he sees uh Xena warrior princess or, uh, you know, El- Elia Kane. He's like, whoa, I didn't expect to see someone from Gideon's ship. And there are rumors about what happened to Gideon. They're like, I heard they hooked him up to a mind flare. No, I heard he's with the war tribunal. So nobody really knows what happened to him. And as soon as he goes back to his door, it seems like as soon as he goes back, maybe that night, maybe the next day, maybe the next morning, he gets a box of those yellow travel biscuits from the Empire or from whoever. And this is a big, like, how the hell did she get those to deliver it to him? 
Is she still working with the Empire? I think she is. And I mean, they even give her first look is is a very ominous look. There wasn't a single moment in this episode where I trusted her, to be honest. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like you're you're trying to get the guy to relapse without actually giving him the drug. You're giving him like the stuff he would do when he was on the drug. Like it yeah. just seems sus right off the bat. She delivered the syringe. Yeah, exactly. And there's nothing like, ah, they, like, I, all right. So do you think those biscuits taste good or do you think it's more of a nostalgic thing? We're like, ah, when we were back living on the empire and murdering motherfuckers, you know, hundred thousands at a time. I, I couldn't tell when they said travel biscuits. The first thing I thought was like the Biscoff cookies from planes. Cause I'm like, Oh, yeah. those would be like a travel biscuit. That's exactly. So like you eat that and you go right back onto like an airplane, which again, yeah. isn't like usually the best thing, but when you eat those biscuits on the airplane, those biscoffs, you're just like, Oh, like it's just something right now. And I just need to eat something. And you're 30,000 levels or feet high. Your fucking taste buds change. That's why Stephen Chase said fucking tomato juice is the best drink to drink on a plane. I think that's why that ginger ale slaps so hard. The kids still say slaps, Bob. Oh yeah. They slap. Yeah, it slaps extra hard, just like those cookies. So like, I'm sure when you're eating biscuits and torturing re- rebel soldiers, it probably is like, mm, that shit's good. So, and also let's be honest here. Those biscuits will be at Star Wars land at this time next year. Oh, yeah. They will have those biscuits for sale. And I am very interested to try them. Like the Ted Lasso biscuits, I've always they had them at Stu Leonard's. They are incredible. These things will kind of be the same kind of thing, except they'll be like, I don't know, $14 to buy at Disney <laughs> World. In the shrink wrap, they almost look like Rice Krispies. Just a little bit. And like if you're going to sell them at Disney, that wouldn't be a bad thing. Like a little Rice Krispie, I'd buy that at Disney. Oh, yeah, 100%. Now, speaking of great food, let's tell the people about Factor. Power up for springtime with Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Get nutritious, chef-prepared meals delivered straight to your door, leaving you time and energy to tackle everything on your to-do list. I actually just got another Factor box in the mail yesterday. I am so excited to dig into that. I already had one that was so good. It was like a mushroom shredded chicken. There's string beans on the side. It was so good. Factor, skip the trip to the grocery store and skip chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat them up and enjoy. Throw them in the microwave, two minutes, your dinner's ready for the night. Factor has delicious flavor-packed meals to help you live to the fullest from keto, vegan and veggie, calorie smart and protein plus. And they have 34 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options. So there's always something new to try. And they've even got breakfast options like egg bites, smoothies, and more. We actually just added the breakfast options to our next order. So I'm going to be able to tell you guys how those are next week. Get Factor and enjoy clean eating without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered directly to your door. Ready in just two minutes, no prep, no mess. I love this stuff. Head to factormeals.com slash Robbie50, R-O-B-B-I-E-5-0, and use code Robbie50 to get 50% off your first box. That's code Robbie50 at factormeals.com slash Robbie50. Factor Meals is the best. Now, Pershing and Elia Kane walk through what I wrote down as Star Wars Disney. They have photon fizzle pops, which are like ice pops that light up. They look pretty cool. Those will be on sale. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how they'll light them up, but they'll figure a way. Disney will figure out a way to do it. They figured out a way to get the real lightsaber now, like the week after we left or whatever. As they were walking through, I was like, ooh, this scene does look like it was very much shot on the volume. It looked very prequely, not in like a the CGI's bad way, just like you could very much tell this isn't a real environment. 
Elliot plants some seeds of interest in Pershing's old work. And he's like, yeah, it does kind of bother me sometimes that all of that work I got so close to finishing is just left unfinished. Goes up to the peak of the mountain or whatever. What mount, what mount, peak of Umate, the highest point, of course, not the only place where you could see the planet. He goes to touch it and it yells at him. And Elliot just plants these thoughts in his brain where she's like, you know, following orders blindly was how we all got in trouble last time. Maybe you should bend the rules that the new Republic's trying to put on us. Decent point by her, to be honest. Bob, I did not like that point at all because listen, you got you know I'm like the villain guy. I have like I see Thanos's point of view. I'm rooting for Kang basically to like murder Scott Lang. And the Empire has always been the one that is the pure absolute evil. Even with like in the prequels, where I'm like, the Jedi are kind of scumbags. Like they they never like see anything but their way of their religion. And I'm like, don't you start making some points at the lie. Like, I don't need to have the Empire being like, eh, the rebels might not be all they're cracked up to be. I'm with <laughs> you on that though. Pershing goes to this therapy robot. I wrote, I don't know what you call this thing. It's like, are you mad at the empire? And he's like, no. Are you mad at your boss? He's like, no. Are you happy with your reassignment? He's like, yes. Very like boring thing. But at the end of it, he's like, hey, can I pursue any of that old research independently? He gets a strict, strict no. Absolutely not. That is prohibited based on your thing. Unfortunately, sorry, sorry about that or whatever the robot says. And then he goes to Kane right away and he's like, all right. I'm interested in this. What can you do? And she says, we could get you a mobile lab station, which again is like, how do you have all this access outside the new Republic? Is that guy not putting this together? Is Pershing like the most brilliant doctor in the world, but he can't ask that question. <laughs> I I still like when you were going back with the robot, like the, I, first of all, I love this wellness check robot. If he says like, yeah, I'm kind of pissed at this shit. Does it just like throw a red flag and just people put him in a straitjacket and they fucking wipe <laughs> his mind with the mind flare on the spot. Or is it one of those things where they talk it out? Like, that's what I wanted to know. I kind of want one of these things in my life and be like, yeah, you know, I'm kind of pissed off. At, like These guys just canceled my podcast. Fuck my job right now. I want to see what would happen. So I, I kind of love that. Uh, I love that this dude, my guy, Ken Jack, Dr. Ken Jack, just loves genetics. He just loves yep. those fucking strands of DNA. Guy gets off on fucking proteins, just fucking making things work. <laughs> the guy just loves this shit. So I, I absolutely love that he was fucking... He just wants to do the work, man. God bless him. Guy lives for it, lives and dies for fucking DNA strands. Then we see him and his boss disagreeing on his archiving duties. He agrees to get the mobile lab station when he has this disagreement because he's just so fed up with these deleting content. He's like, why are we deleting this? Why not repurpose it? And he hypes himself up in the mirror like, I'm doing a good thing. I'm about to help the New Republic. This is helping in the end. So you know... Even in his private moments, he believes he's the good guy. He believes he's doing something good. He doesn't think he's stabbing them in the back or anything. They get on a Star Wars subway off the perimeters of where they're allowed to be, complete with orange seats and everything. Like when I saw the orange seats, I was like, oh, so we're doing subways in Star Wars. It had the fucking New York City chime. Bing bong. It was like the yeah. exact one from like New York City. I understand it's a standard chime. That one was from fucking New York City. It took me right back to the city. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah just not a place you want to be ever the subway just no. gross there's there's like some uh like new york looking aliens on the ship as well like that fat guy i could see him in new york he, he'd be <laughs> yes, riding the definitely. subway and kane tells pershing they're going to the junkyard and he's like immediately like whoa the imperial junkyard are we allowed to do that she's like it's not fucking imperial anymore the imperials don't exist we're going to get you know the scrapyard it's all going to be scrapped anyway then they start running away from the ticket takers on the subway because they don't want to be seen. They jump off. 
Clem, I know I'm maybe a, a hack for this, but I really wanted someone to make the Indiana Jones no ticket joke. I wanted to see a quick mm. fight on the train, someone get thrown off, and then just the quick no ticket. Like in Dogma, Silent Bob makes that joke as well. Just such an easy one that Lucasfilm could have hit there. But I, hey, maybe people, what is what do the uh, Lights, Camera, Barstool guys say? They say, you're, you're a pig eating the slop or whatever. Yeah. They're like, feed me the slop. I, I want that stuff. I feel like Indiana Jones and Star Wars does have the thing where you're allowed to do the slop. It's it's one slop per yeah. like season or movie, basically. The ticket taker robots. I have seen people who they like they when the guys are looking for tickets, they just start going train to train trying to like avoid them. And I get anxiety just watching them. And I have you ever done it where someone has you sit in like a better seat than you're like where you're supposed to sit at a baseball game or something? And the yeah. entire time. As a rule follower, I'm just looking around being like, all right, is the person whose seats are going to be here calm? Is the usher going to kick us out? And I don't enjoy the game I'm at. I fucking hate that stuff. So I had the anxiety just rifling through me as those little fucking robots were just going car to car. Just And like I thought they were going to say something, and they never said anything. Uh, no. And then you're just like, is this guy going to jump this fucking doctor? I, I thought this doctor was going to fuck it up completely. But uh, Elias, she's a badass. I will give her that. She's yeah, a badass. She is. She's, she's a bad girl. And it was just in some of this stuff, like with him and his boss disagreeing their whole subway journey, where I was like, it would have been nice just to check in with Mando and Bo on their journey mm -hmm. back. Yep. Let's see a quick conversation between them about religion. Let's see another conversation about their past. Let's see something about the way Mando grew up. Maybe him defending that from his point of view. He never really gets to be like, no, this is the way I was raised. He's always just he kind of takes it. So I would have liked to see another check-in, but we didn't get that. They bore the Star Destroyer, which was a cool moment, too, when they see the massive Star Destroyer. Very cool shot. And I saw a lot of tweets, and I agree with this, that they blended all three trilogies in this. It was one of the most they've ever blended all three trilogies. Now you get the Star Destroyer from the original trilogy yeah. and the fallout of the war. You also get a lot of New Republic cloning stuff that's maybe teasing the eventual Palpatine clone and Snoke. You also have Coruscant, which is one of the most famous prequel planets. So the fact that they were able to merge all three and also make it feel like Andor, a show that doesn't feel like the Mandalorian at all, but it didn't feel like it wasn't the Mandalorian at the same time. This is a very impressive episode. I don't want to I don't want people to think I didn't like the episode. I love so many parts of it. There was just, I, you know, I wanted a little more Mando, a little more Baby Yoda in it. I also didn't love that they were critters as soon as they boarded the Star Destroyer. You know me, I'm not a bug guy. That was gross. That was, yeah, I, I knew my guy Bob was, was struggling. Like, that's how I think. I'm like, oh, Bob's having a tough time wherever he's watching this right now. The oldest, old Star Destroyers, it always gets the blood flowing. Uh, back when in, what, A New Hope? No, not A New Hope. Jeez. Force Awakens, when you see the star, old Star Destroyer, you're like, oh, there it is. Like, I don't know, man. Star Destroyers in general are just such a cool fucking looking ship. I love so intimidating. Things. Yeah, they're so intimidating. And someone again that has had a few tours for the rebellion back in the day. I used to love blowing up those little shield generators, like the little water tower looking things. I just, I just love that. And again, they kind of go back to being like, you know, not these Imperials weren't all bad. They're, they're good guys. And this guy, I'm telling you, man, I, I, I bet Ken Jack's going to become really bad down the road. Is going to really fuck some shit up. The guy just loves the fuck out of science. He's a science guy, you know? Like, I just love that he loves – he's like the porn king. He's the science king. The guy just <laughs> loves the fuck out of science, and I kind of love that he loves it. Nothing beats someone that, like, 
you know, my mom's basement is founded for people that truly love the things that aren't, you know, your mainstream stuff. Even like fucking the baseball people, people love baseball, sports in general. Think how absurd it is, how crazy we get out of people playing a fucking game. This guy just loves fucking cloning and fucking making two fucking DNA things mashed together. He he's fucking he's essentially like, uh, you know, I love my guy Dino DNA from Jurassic Park. Like he fucking would probably jerk off to that guy in his southern accent. This guy <laughs> loves it, and I love that he loves it, man. Live, live and let live, as White Sox Dave says. That's the fucking way to go about it here, man. So they get what they need on the Star Destroyer. They begin to exit, and then it is revealed that she double crossed him. Kane double crossed Pershing. She gets him arrested. She, the look she gives him when she just steps in front of him and just stares at him. She's like, "Have him arrested." They put the cuffs on him cold as ice i just wrote it's a setup motherfucker like what a hell of a setup going through the train the ticket thing and then after all that they're fucking still hitting us with the the twist which again was a nice a nice twist i i I enjoyed that and i didn't know i'm like is she an agent of the like the camps the embassy housing or is she someone this was like just a one-off where she snitched this one time, you know? Yeah, they, they kept us guessing at this moment. Yeah. And then you get like a twist in the episode that someone compared to Black Mirror on Twitter. I can, I agree with that. It felt Black Mirror-esque when he wakes up on an operating table. It's like, whoa, what the fuck yeah. is happening here? And they attach him to what he calls the mind flare. And there's a Mon Calamari who's like, no, no, it's not a mind flare. I actually just did this. It made me feel better. You know, your friend here gave us a report. We know it's hard getting all that empire stuff out of your brain. So we're going to help you out with it. And he tells the Mon Calamari, it's a trap or it was a trap. And they just give a look like, did you fucking hear what he said too? That's like our guy's phrase. Did you do the the pointing towards the screen? Of I did the Leo pointing. <laughs> Immediately. Immediately. And then they hook him up to it. One of the Imperials is like, I'm sorry that your friend's going through this, but you did the right thing. She's like, oh yeah. Can you just leave us alone? You know, I know he's damaged but he is my friend after all and the guy's like yeah i'll leave you some space he walks out of the room kane turns that notch all the way up probably to get all that empire information that he was given out in his ted talks out of that brain yep guys just let the guy just fucking operate on some fucking dna like if he throw out the, the the stuff once he's done with it just let him have some fun but she plays that fucking mean role they like that is the M- imperial like icy stare at essential casting man and it's like i don't know if i'd leave the person alone i guess she says it's a friend or whatever it just felt kind of weird she just leaves him alone and she just cranks it up and it's like literally says like are you fucking serious like remember cartoons <laughs> would be like low high are you out of your mind like it was like a bugs buddy thing that she does <laughs> yeah. you just see this thing this dude's just getting fried man his poor goddamn brain and i also kind of like the rebellion or whatever you want to call it the the um New Republic, the the resistance or the New Republic. Yeah, the New Republic. I kind of like that. It's not like they're just this clean. All right, come aboard and we're going to be friends. Like there is a little bit of mind flaying going on, which no matter what fucking synonym you want to use for mind flaying, it ain't good. The mind flayer in Stranger Things is like the baddest motherfucker in all the land. So we're doing this in Star Wars. Like you're doing some Imperial stuff, even if it's on baby mode, still kind of like little bit of dirt on that uniform now, the Rebellion. So I kind of dug that. The New Republic, excuse me. Yeah, it's confusing. The Rebellion, the New Alliance, the New Republic, the Resistance. There's a lot of R words. There's a lot of R's, yeah. Well, I don't even know if we should say that. That We'll forget I said that. Mando (laughs) brings Bo-Katan back to the covert that we saw in episode one. 
And they tell Paz they've been to the living waters and they have proof. So he's like, all right, I mean, I'll bring you back. Like if you say so, and they give the armor, the vial of the living waters, she pours it into a bowl and something happens. And she's like, it is indeed the living waters. As soon as I saw this, I was like, oh man, I wish we would have got a scene where they were like, let's just go get water and fucking try her. Let's see if she realizes. And they just <laughs> yes. like got some water from Tatooine or something. They were like, they bring it to her. She pours it in. She's like, this is Poland spring. <laughs> he is not a Mandalorian. And it's like, oh, all right, we'll go. We'll go. All right. We were just saying. This um, is not the way she points. This is not it. the way. Yeah. The way she says this is the way it has more gravitas than everyone else. It's just like, this is the way. Like her voice inflection fucks me up. <laughs> yeah. And Dinjarin is redeemed in this moment. She's like, you are redeemed. You are a Mandalorian. And she also tells Bo-Katan that because she bathed in the living waters and hasn't taken her helmet off since, that she's also now part of their creed. And Bo-Katan's like, no, no, I'm not into any of that shit. She's like, well, you haven't taken your helmet off since. So until you do that, you're one of us. Like you can leave anytime you want. You're not trapped here. You take your helmet off. You're gone. But right now you're one of us, Bo. Yep. And I feel like her hanging out with this crew is like have being around people on Christmas that are like diehard Christians. And it's like, you, know, <laughs> you ain't going to be talking about Christmas vacation and eating Christmas cookies and singing Christmas carols. Like, there's going to probably be some fanaticism here. And I'm going to be very interested to see how they all bomb. But I, I do love how they kind of were cool with her right off the, the um, jump. And I don't know if Night Owl was supposed to be a zing at all. That was a fucking, fucking sweet-ass nickname. I'm like, oh, yeah, we're going That's Night like Owl? her old – I think that's one of her old uh, clans. If I, yeah, that's oh, one of her old clans okay. from the cartoons. Part of her helmet, the design and everything is Night Owl design. Okay, gotcha. So that makes a little more sense. And I'm just going to come out and say it. This is going to sound a little like extreme, a little hardcore, but I, I, I truly mean it. I feel like Mando and Bo might bang at some point. Am, am I catching the sexual tension here or am I uh, above my pay, my pay grade here as a Star Wars fan? I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, but I do think Mando still has that girl from season one and he's thinking mm. about her on her mind. I mean, she was trying to reach for that helmet and he was like, whoa, 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 I can't do that, but. I think if if he's going back to anybody, I think she's still in the picture. I love her too, Bob. I, you know, that was the one that got away. I, I want to see her come back. I was watching this episode with Sienna and she goes, hey, dad, these two. And then she made a little heart with her hand. It was like the cutest thing ever. And I was like, I'm thinking the same thing. I'm thinking the same thing. <laughs> Which again, like, I don't want every time you have a guy and a girl who have like differences. You don't have like this, like, oh, are they, are they, aren't they? It's like the fucking, uh. Ross and Rachel of a galaxy far, far away. Yep. But I was, I don't know. I was just picking up vibes of it. I could be dead wrong, but uh, I thought, I don't know. We'll keep an eye on that this yeah. season. Yeah. We're going to have like the Bob and Bo like hate scale. <laughs> and then the Mando and Bo love connection scale. <laughs> like, yeah. is there a connection? Every week we need an update. Maybe the MMB memes guy will give us an updated scale every week with where I am on the hate and where we are on the love. We need the, um, we need the, the Moe's Tavern, they have like the uh, the love test thing where you put your hand on and it yeah. goes up. We need that for, for Mo and Mando and Bo and to see if they have their thing. Manbo, that would be their couple nickname, right? Manbo? Manbo. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> the hashtag for this episode, though, is hashtag Mandor. If you made it to the end, make sure you leave that hashtag. Leave your comments below. Tell us if you think Mando and Bo are going to become Manbo. And 
We'll see you next week for another Mandalorian recap. We got no last of us, unfortunately, but tomorrow, like I said, we got an interview show for you. David Desmalchin and Trish Stratus, two great interviews. And then on Monday, I have an interview with Gavin Rossdale, lead singer of Bush. So keep an eye on the podcast feed. Keep an eye on the YouTube channel coming at you with interviews from every industry. I saw a comment today, actually, on the channel. Might have been on the Aljamain interview. Might have been on the McGregor one. And someone said, just to let you know, this channel would skyrocket if you just stuck to MMA interviews. I almost responded. I said, it's not even worth my time, but I'll respond here. That ain't happening. I enjoy (laughs) talking to people from all walks of life way too much. And I enjoy talking about nerdy shit way too much. So I understand people like the MMA stuff. That will always be a part of this channel. But there will never not be nerdy content as well. That's everything that takes place in, in the mo- in your mom's basement is, is what goes on here. So Gavin, I, I just downloaded all the like, old Bush songs I, I listened to growing up. So uh, that's Bush is great. Awesome. It was a great interview as well. So look out for that. Tons of interviews coming to the YouTube channel. Tons of interviews coming to the podcast feed. Thank you to everyone for supporting. If you haven't checked out the Conor McGregor interview by now, go check that out because that was a big moment for me. And check out all the other interviews as well. We'll see you next week. Thumbs up, subscribe, baby. Mandor.